We want you to become an honorary gosling. Join us. You'll get exclusive access to conversations and content that would otherwise get us banned from social media. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and selective writings. And check this out. You'll get to participate in our live monthly Discord chat and more if you join our exclusive Patreon following that we like to call The After Party. It only costs $5 a month, which is basically a cup of coffee, and it helps us make the show better. We love you guys and can't wait to see you there. Become an honorary Goslings at patreon.com forward slash the Goslings and sign up today. Your YouTube feed is crap. Stop wasting your time watching bot-boosted shills and self-appointed gurus cloying for your attention. Instead, join the Goslings interview, live stream, and podcast. The Goslings, a dark-lit digital speakeasy of free thinkers. A super chat of radical truth-seeking wizards who eat trolls for second breakfast. Topics that'll make your mama's hair stand on end. Ideas that'll make your pastor's knees knock. Guests that will illuminate the hidden chambers of your mind. And interviews that strike down the darkness. Welcome to The Goslings. Write like a man. Use a typewriter. <laughs> What's up, everyone? I'm Donovan. I'm Nick. And we are Goslings. And uh, we will jump right into yes, it. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. I hope everyone's having a good night. Sorry it's been a while since we've seen everybody. Yeah. Uh, we are going to jump right into it with a toast. Wait to chat with you guys. Ready when you are, yep. man. Take up the broken sword of your father. And strike down the darkness. Cheers. Cheers. Every drop of water is life. The desert of Arrakis will consume you. Bullet. That was a babysit. Yeah. <laughs> Bullet rye. Bullet rye. Bullet rye. Yeah. The, I'm a rye guy. The elixir of life. The ambrosia of the goslings. <laughs> live stream <laughs> welcome everyone uh we're kind of doing like a real sort of fast and loose ad hoc um live stream today we are on cloud nine because we are yeah. on the back end of uh our interview with derek gilbert yes uh yeah. we just shoot can we tell him yeah we can tell man him. we were yeah. just guests on Derek Gilbert's podcast, a view from a bunk, a view from the bunker, uh, which he has in uh, he has in a video form on his platform, but also it's on YouTube, also a view in, from in, the bunker, yeah, and then podcast form on yeah. any podcast platform, wherever podcasts are sold. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to be. This is the first time that the Goslings yeah. have been on somebody else's platform. Yeah, it's a huge milestone for us. Yeah, it we've is. We've had some amazing people. We had Derek Gilbert on. Probably what three weeks ago, a month ago, maybe. Uh, about a month ago, yeah, about a month ago, yeah. And uh, it was amazing. We talked about his book, The Second Coming of Saturn. Uh, we talked about a bunch of topical stuff in the Christian conspiracy world. And uh, man, we had such a blast that he actually was uh, magnanimous enough to invite us, yeah, to be a guest on his show. And yeah. his show is not live, so we went ahead and we taped an episode with him. 
Um, and then he's going to edit it. And then when is it going to air? The 24th of this month. Twenty fourth. And believe me, you will be hearing about it. Yeah, no We kidding. will make sure. <laughs> yeah, we will not let you not hear okay, about good. it. So we're, uh, we're just, we're blown away to be able to not just be on somebody else's platform. Hey, but Kim. to be able, what's up, Kim? Um, thanks for being here. Uh, not just to be able to be on somebody else's platform, but to be on Derek Gilbert's platform, a view from the bunker is amazing. If you have not heard of his channel, you should check it out. It is relevant. It is insightful. It is everything that we are interested in all the time, whether it's the flood and fallen angels or whether it's, you know, current events, current events, politics, politics. Yeah. All that it's, stuff. Um, and he's a writer nonfiction yeah. and fiction. Yeah. Him and his wife both. works all those elements into his work. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's phenomenal. They kinda, he's super intelligent. They kind of remind me of uh, Adam and D in that they're like such an awesome little power couple. They are know? a power couple. They're a major power. couple. Oh my gosh. Because they're so like, they're both writers and they are fully committed and yeah. they've been doing it for probably what? 20, 30 years, 30 yeah. years at least. Right. I mean, they're the like 90s. these, the hardest working people, like their, their, their schedule is 18 hours a day with yeah. like nothing. No, there's no five minute interval <laughs> in their day <laughs> right. for anything because yeah. they're just they're just doing all the time. They're just hitting yeah. so hard. And Derek has it's a, a really. background in radio uh, and much like us, he and his wife got started um, with a podcast where they initially use it to promote their books, their fiction. And then it, according to him, it sort of evolved into this this platform to discuss other events and um oh hey sherry yeah What's hey up? mimi yeah sherry's here all yeah. right sweet um so yeah derek uh he was super gracious with his time uh we think uh i think it was supposed to be like a 45 minute interview and we probably went for like an hour hour and a half he's just so fun to talk to man. i know i just man. can't stop talking to him yeah and he had some and it was mind-blowing for us because we're always the ones asking the questions so to have someone ask us questions. The microphone was turned, so to speak. Yeah, right. And he was asking us questions. My and of course, we can never shut up, you know. Right. And uh, yeah. But it, it's, it's great talking to him because he's, I just, he's got that voice. He's got that oh radio God, voice. He's been doing it for like 30 plus years. Yeah. Uh, he's so articulate. And, yeah. uh, and he's great to, great to listen. Anyway, you'll be able great. to hear all that. Yeah. Uh, and we're super excited to be on his podcast again this month on the 24th so that's yeah. what's that three sundays from now i guess yeah i think or so yeah, two couple, two, two yeah, sundays a couple weeks yeah, yeah two weeks a couple weeks, two weeks away yeah and uh, and of course because he's a writer and a christian and you know he's into all the same things we are he had some amazing questions for us and it was so cool to not just be you know on somebody else's platform to have that golden opportunity you know, but also to have someone else ask you those questions that you're always, you know, thinking to ask your guests. Yeah, it was, give, it him really a, neat. give him an example of one of the questions he asked us about about our books. He was asking us about our books. If you can believe yeah, about, crazy. yeah, he was asking uh, Nick about the Travelers League series. He was asking me about the Heavenly Realms series. And um, uh, one of the questions, uh, if I remember correctly, um, was, you know, what do you... Um, what do you want people to get out of your books ultimately? You know, what they, what's like the the main raison d'etre, mm. you know, mm -hmm. to put it in 
nice turn of phrase. Very pretentious <laughs> terminology. Very pretentious term. By the way, I never, I didn't even know what raison d'etre meant. Yeah. I don't know if I'd ever heard it until about like two weeks ago. Oh, really? I think yeah. my wife read it in a book. Yeah. And she was like, what is raison d'etre? What is mm-hmm. this? I don't know. I'm a writer. I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Of course, that's, you already know that word and have probably well, used it several times. I have. Office. That's why I'm no good at parties. You're so. <laughs> Why? Because you actually have a vocabulary? Uh, yeah, well, you know, a, a useless vocabulary. Everyone is You're going like, to the wrong parties, bro. Mm, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe I need to go to more parties involving ascots. <laughs> Speaking of ascots, we have the Braveheart sword yep. with us. Yep. You know, We could wear ascots next time. We could. Yeah, we might. Ascots might look good with our t-shirts, by the way. I think it'd look good with your, with black, with for black. sure, yeah. yeah. I got a red ascot, I we designed, uh, I'll get the microphone out of the way here. Nick and I uh, designed new t-shirts for our Teespring page. So everybody should go to, we probably will have the link down in the description, but everybody should go to the Teespring Bam. page and check out the Goslings t-shirts. We have uh, some awesome ones. These, Nick and I designed these probably a month and a half ago, and both of them say aliens are just demons you can shoot. Yep. And uh, because we don't believe that aliens are real, we think they're actually demons. We think they're supernatural, demonic entities mm-hmm. that are appearing in some sort of physical form, which means you can shoot them, folks. Yeah. Which means, yeah. And they're bad guys. Get your AR-15. Get your get your 308. Second Amendment, baby. Yeah, Second Amendment. Two, that 2A life. Living that 2A That's life. Right. Dropping UFOs. You know? Yeah, you'd think that, you know, if you were an alien and you were smart, you'd want to appear over someplace like New York City because you're going to be <laughs> right. safe. Ain't no one going to shoot at you. Stop going to the Iowa cornfields corn mm-hmm. and the Wyoming ranches. Don't appear over the Gosling's houses and don't appear yeah. over Derek Gilbert's houses. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> bad, might. bad, bad news. Because we're you, waiting. Yeah, we got oh, a beat yeah. on you. Literally have a beat on mm-hmm. you. We are ready. I bet you Gary Wayne's got an awesome arsenal, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's Canada. Yeah, I know. I think about that. But also, he's pretty cool. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a hidden arsenal. Gary super cool. He probably has one three feet past the North Dakota border. He's got a little, like, (laughs) wooden box he's built out in the woods. He's got his own bunker. Yeah. Yeah. He's got his his, uh, (laughs) his Fargo stash. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, actually, we had a great comment from uh, somebody on one of our Gary Wayne interviews asking when we could have him back. Yep. And um, he has been on sabbatical. I think it was on sabbatical through June, if I remember correctly. Right? I thought it was longer than that. Uh, I think we were going to we were going to try for maybe August yeah, uh, at the earliest, right. August at the earliest, maybe yeah. September. But at, at the end of the summer, we plan on having him back. He's been yeah. working on. He has another book that he's working on. Yeah, sequel to his amazing book, The Genesis Six Conspiracy. Yeah. If you if you're into Derek Gilbert's stuff, if you're into the Goslings, you know, you have got to buy The Genesis Six Conspiracy by Gary Way and everything because it's uh, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. You know, it's so awesome. Yeah. And it's dense. It's high caloric mental material. Yeah. You know, it's it's really good, you know. Um, it's Gary Wayne. Yeah, it's Gary Wayne. So, man, can you imagine can you imagine how awesome it would be to have both of those guys on at the same like it's, I couldn't do it at the same time. You just you just hit play and then just sit back and let those two geniuses talk. No, I feel two hours. There's, I mean, we're not worthy. We're not, I haven't done the research, moment, and I'm not as intelligent <laughs> as either one of those people individually. You put them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always awesome having both those guys on and. 
We are going to have It'd be kind of like interviewing Jordan Peterson, where oh gosh, yeah. all you really get out of it is you feel really stupid. <laughs> like you, you don't realize a bunch how of life lessons. And yeah, you realize you don't deserve to be here. You realize just how much you don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's illuminating. Yeah, really. it really is. Yeah, and uh, and speaking of which, we are also going to have our favorite writer's writer back, yes, Stephen the man himself. Yeah, uh, yep. the author of the Warrior Ethos, author of. A Man at Arms, which is out in paperback, mm-hmm. um, which if you're a Christian, you know, who wants some really good, you know, sort of, I guess you would call it like Christian adjacent fiction. Uh, yeah, historic you know? fiction. Yeah, yeah, that has a sort of Christian fiction, yeah. lilt to it. Dude, you know? it's awesome. It's solid. It's, it's so exciting. Good. It's deep. Yeah. It's gritty. Mm-hmm. It, it's and it's violent. You'd ever it's violent. want yeah. out of something like yeah. that. Very well researched. Um, and if you don't know who Stephen Pressfield is... He wrote The War of Art. For yes. you writers out there, he wrote The War of, War of Art. Which is a must-read as a writer. Or Gates of Fire, person. if you like historic fiction. Gates oh, of Fire is huge. Yeah. And then if none of those ring a bell, yeah. he is the author of The Legend of Bagger Vance. The Legend of Bagger Vance, so. the book that the movie was based on. He's and written something that you've heard of. Yeah, yeah he, he absolutely has. He has yeah. Whether you realize it or not, he is, he's been in the industry, what, probably 40, 50 years at this yeah, point? Yeah. Something like that? Like, yeah. The dude is a titan. He's and he good. hasn't agreed to this, but he's kind of a mentor yeah, to a us as well as thousands of other authors. Yeah. We haven't formally, hey, will you be our mentor? Yeah, but he is. He's that kind of figure in a lot of writers, in a lot of writers' minds. Oh, he was to me for forever. Like back when I was in the in the trenches of Empyrean falling, yep. I used to email him all the time. <laughs> Just walls of text. <laughs> and poor Steve, man. He was such a sweetheart. We're talking like 2004, 2005, you know, 2007. Yeah. Poor Steve, man. He was such a sweetheart. He would write me back. He'd actually write you back. Yeah. He would take the time Amazing. to write me back. <laughs> Amazing. I look back on that and I, I'm just like, oof. Oh, I'm sorry, Steve. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I think know. one of the worst blunders Hollywood ever made was making the movie 300. Yeah. And instead of making the movie Gates of Fire, because it's the mm-hmm. same historical event. Yeah. And Gates of Fire was actually competing with the script of 300 for mm-hmm. the movie rights. Yeah. And 300 won. Uh, because it was more about you know six pack abs yeah. than it was about the the depth of the it was uh, a comic book the, movie it was a comic book movie it wasn't about Leonidas right. and the actual in the Spartans and the depth of their yeah. culture and it uh, really, that you get in Gates of Fire it bummed me out not just because Gates of Fire is my favorite novel but because when you compare those two products and and you know and Steve Steve is very smart when he you know and he's right when he talks about this there's space for both you know and he's right there absolutely is. But I was heartbroken because I was emailing it back then during that time mm-hmm. when uh, when 300 came out, and um, I mean there were some there were some heavy hitters mm. attached. You know, for a while there it was like Bruce Willis might play Leonidas. Wow, George Clooney might play Leonidas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Mann might direct it. I mean, there was just there was some awesome awesome stuff that was in the works. And the thing about Gates of Fire that I always loved was. <clears throat> It draws from two things primarily in Stephen Pressfield. One is uh, he has a degree in psychology from Duke University. Okay. So he understands, and Jungian psychology. So he understands Jungian archetypes. He understands the dyad. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something he actually explicitly uses in Gates of Fire. So it's a smart book, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a brainy book. It's a it's a wordy book, but in a good way. It makes you want to go to the dictionary to yeah. learn what this word means. Yeah, My yeah. vocabulary was so beautifully expanded by Gates of Fire. Mm. But the other thing is, Stephen Pressfield was also a Marine. 
Okay. So he has that hard George Patton chesty polar kind of grit. That yeah. masculine He's a man. Yeah, he's got that he's got that <laughs> yeah. man in He's a dude, you yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. You know, and it shows up in his writing. So so it feels it feels grounded without being cerebral, but it feels elevated without being low condescending or low brow low brow okay yeah you know um and 300 was good too like i had the comic book i read the comic book um actually jeremy grady gave me uh, oh, yeah. a comic book for my birthday grady. one year yeah cool oh grady and um back in the lee university days so shout out to jeremy um if he's still alive <laughs> no, he should be right <laughs> Maybe. I, I, I don't know chances aren't good but continue <laughs> Right. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, I like the comic book. It was it was a nice uh, compliment, yep. you know, but very different. But man, yeah, in an in an alternate universe, in an alternate reality, you know, Firefly gets seasons two, three and four and Gates of Fire is a movie. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Know, so. That's awesome. But yeah, we're going to have Stephen Pressfield back on yep. July 31st and um, same time Sunday, 430 central time and it's going to be amazing we're going to talk about his new book that he has coming out called put your ass where your heart wants to be it's yep. another one of his creative motivational books yep. and we are it's the next excited. step after the war of art <clears throat> it really is he has a series of those you know whether it's the war of art do the work um the warrior ethos yep. um my gosh there are probably four or five at this yep. point but the war of art is the main one he's been on joe rogan because of it he's been on oprah yeah because of it you know, that's a seminal nonfiction work. It really is, yeah. And put your ass where your heart wants to be yep. is really the next step in self-actualizing yeah. the principles of the war of art. Yeah. And uh, man, it's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, there's been a lot of exciting stuff that's yep. gone on. It's it's been amazing. But dude, being interviewed by Derek Gilbert today, yeah, it was awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Man, it was really great because we talked about, and this kind of ties into the topic of the video. Uh, we <clears> talked <throat> about how uh, traditional Christian publishers mm -hmm. have to have everything sterile. It has to meet a nice little template if it's mm -hmm. going to be a part of their fiction lineup. You know, we have self-published our books. Yeah. So we can break those rules. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, because yeah. we want to reach people you with good too. messages. We want to reach people with logos. Yeah. You know, we want to talk about yeah. good themes. And we want our characters to be real and gritty. And we want to cross some boundaries. Yeah. And to make it a little edgy. Yeah. still deliver those 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 strong logos driven values yeah how does your book heavenly realms well your whole series heavenly realms but you know the, let's start with the first one imperium falling how does it break those rules um yeah that's a good question it's uh well first of all it it humanizes the angels which i think is really important i was at a real crossroads we talked about this a little bit in uh in derek's interview with us you know, of like, do what do you do with the characters, with with your characters for this world, this angelic world? Yeah. Do you make them the fantastical creatures that are in the Bible as they're depicted in the Bible? Or do you treat that maybe as metaphor or vision and yeah. dress them up in human garb? Yeah. And my choice. Well, when you're a spiritual being, if yeah. you're an everlasting being, there's not there, there are no stakes. Yeah. In any action, yeah, you know, there's nothing at risk. You had to, mm -hmm. you know, basically give them, in a way, yeah, flesh. You did. You had to create a world. That's that's such a good way of putting it. You had to create a world where, you know, loss meant something. 
It means they know? were out of the fight. Yeah, they're out yeah. of the fight. And they also have been so... They have been separated from the Empyrean for so long. Mm-hmm. Which is basically the, the, the throne of God, that the level. The highest level of God, which is pure light and pure energy, just existing with God. Yeah. You know, in this, in this incorporeal state, this eternal state, you know. Or if you're a fallen angel, there's hell, which you for sure don't want to go to. Yeah, for sure. You know, so you are, you're out of the fight, you know, and you've been separated from this world for so long from, you know, the Empyrean, like even some of the angels were not really sure if there's any going back, you know, like there's a lot of what I realized I had to do, what the point of the Heavenly Realm series was, um, was to humanize the angels so that I could tell our story and our struggles through their eyes. Yeah. You know, and through their struggles. And even though it's kind of like Lord of or, you know, 300 meets the book of Revelations, yep. you yep. know, yep. as Nick has so eloquently pointed out it's, in a review. You know? His book is the movie Gettysburg yeah. meets 300. Yeah. It's, it's the, the it's action, the complexity of characters from both sides. Mm-hmm. The Great War, sibling rivalry meets three hundred, meaning the Spartan esque Greek warfare style. Yeah, meets the Book of Revelation. Yeah, where it's the angelic angels. events that yeah. happen, the cataclysmic God yeah. events, and the war between heaven and hell. Yeah, all of those in one story. Yeah, and it's, it's awesome. It was thanks, man. It was a lot of fun to write, and it was it was a real journey. It took twenty years to get them published. Uh, it took a over solid, a decade to write. Yeah, it took at least a decade to actually write all seven of them. Which back then, in my early or in my twenties, was like unheard of. You know, I mean, most of the time you're kind of lucky if it's different nowadays. But back then, you were kind of lucky if you could crank out one novel every two years. And dude, like Sturm and Drang, the one, the third one, the one about the flood, which oh, is really good. Dude, I wrote this entire book during the season of Lent in 2007. It's awesome. <laughs> 350 pages in 40 days and 40 nights. I mean, it was like, and that also speaks to the power of Lent, by the way. You know, observing Lent. I yeah. mean, it just, and, and I didn't plan for that to happen. That one just came gushing out of me. So, um, yeah, you, you tell a story that people can relate to. And for me, in order for me to be able to do that, I had to make them human. I had to make them human-like. Mm-hmm. anthropomorphized them. Mm-hmm. Yep. you know they yep. they had to look like us talk like us they they ate they wore clothes they had castles swords armor mm-hmm. you know and you could and i rationalized all of that within the cosmology of the world i explained why this is all like this you know because sometimes people would have that argument but also back then none of this supernatural stuff existed yeah i mean there was like there were the prophecy movies there was dogma and then there was well within loss. within yeah well within like traditional Christian oh, publishing yes there Frank was. Peretti yeah Frank Peretti was basically it. but even his stuff though the angels were if correctly the angels were kind of the main characters but the humans were the main characters too you know he was telling a, a modern story you know that involved you know, the saving of human souls. And it's great. Piercing the darkness, this present darkness, like they're all really good. But my thing was I wanted to tell, you know, a story about brother against brother yeah. and civil war, Yeah, you know, and yeah. angelic warfare. Civil war is going to happen, by the way, coming oh, yeah. live to a nation near you. <laughs> this yeah. book is very timely. <laughs> you know what? Actually, there is some stuff in this book 
that was because uh, I had prescient. The, yeah, there was. Yeah, because yeah. uh, this this book was published. Empyrean Fallen was published in 2019. Uh, I had written the book obviously many years before that, um, but some stuff had happened in that time with certain political groups and mm. certain elections and certain mm-hmm. riots and dust ups and yep, all yep, sorts yep. of stuff that when I was going back and revising this book for publication in 2019, I was like, you know what? Some of the stuff that's happening is actually going right into this. It <laughs> nice. It dovetailed so nice. nicely. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, um, so, but you know what? That flavor never would have happened. It's funny how, god works man yeah that flavor never would have happened if i had published that book back in 2005 and then 2008 yeah when i first tried yeah you know yeah. so it just it, it which is one of the themes of the book is like hey you just gotta like let go and let god you yeah. know like it's okay if it doesn't work out it's okay it's like with some of the guests that we've that we've wanted to have you know nick and i were talking about this a while back that you know you don't want to go chasing after the people who say no. And we've had some people yeah. say no yep. and we've, and you don't want to go chasing after the people who don't, who don't respond, you know? like Yeah. When we reach out to people to be guests on our, on our live stream. Yeah. Uh, we've had some amazing, outstanding top tier people say yes, as you guys know. Yeah. That we but do not deserve to have it all. We, we don't deserve it. <laughs> we don't and deserve it. And there know? have been people who read, who also know we don't deserve it. And they said no. <laughs> and they said no. And we don't fault them for that. No. We don't, we do we not. don't fault them at all for we that. We do not. Uh, we've only ever said no to one person um, because of our friendship with Gary Wayne. Yep. Um, but then outside of that, you know, uh, We've he had, just wanted to bring strife and confrontation and yeah, argument. It was not a healthy, That's not what we're about. We're not. There's enough of that already. We're trying to link with people and positively discuss things that are beneficial to you know anybody who yep. tunes in. The seeker. Know? Yeah, yeah. You know, and we've had some people. I've had plenty of people who, you know, never got back to me. And I would try two or three times and eventually you just kind of get to a point where you're like, you know what? Yeah. Like God, yeah. for what, if God wants this to happen, yep. it'll happen. Yeah. I've done my part. Yeah. It's just like know? at work. I'm in sales. You know, I'll talk to somebody a first time. I'll send them some, you know, proposal. Mm-hmm. I'll follow up with them as a, a very specific number of times. And after I hit that mark, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop bothering. Them. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I don't want to be a bother to people. Uh, if they're interested, if they see the opportunity here, mm-hmm. they'll say yes eventually, and they'll come back. They believe me; they have my email. <laughs> right. yeah. You know, they know my phone number. <laughs> you know, yeah. so they can reach out to me. But yeah. we gotta, you know, we, we're gonna be in pursuit of more guests. Yeah, and uh, the right ones will say yes. Yeah, you know, and if you gotta you, keep grinding at it. And the right ones will say yes. They will. They they always do. You know, we've never had a bad guest. You know, no, we haven't. We, I mean, even the ones who maybe didn't share our values, you know, or didn't share. We our... haven't even had a worst guest. Like no. of all the people we've talked to, yeah, all of the interviews have been so interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, Natasha Roll. Oh, she was awesome. Uh, Doctor Polt, Doctor Richard Polt. Richard Polt from Typewriter Revolution. Yeah, John Bernardo. John Bernardo. We gotta have John Bernardo back. Humor writer. Oh, he's Dude, so funny. So funny. Yeah, John Anderson, Christian John Anderson. Western author. Yeah. 
yeah. that kid is, I say kid, he's younger than me, so I say, you're right. He's he's awesome. His character is actually really great. Yeah, yeah. Adam Burl, our narrator. Oh. We've had Adam on a few times. He's, Adam is a Gosling. He is a Gosling. He's, he's not even honorary a guest. Gosling. He's yeah. He is uh he is the honorary guest of any event. Yep. You know. Um, and then yeah, Stephen Pressfield, Gary Wayne, Derek Gilbert, Pete from Creepy Little Book. Oh, Pete from Creepy Little Book. That was one of the fun, like the most fun episodes we've ever done. It was amazing. Yeah, and Pete is Pete brings the heat, baby. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He's so fun. Oh, Heat Pete. <laughs> He's yeah, Creepy Little Book. I mean, that's that's another one. You know, like I had been a fan of Creepy Little Book for a while. His YouTube channel, Creepy Little Book. Yeah. Um, you should definitely check it out. It covers all the interesting things that we talk about and more. And uh, he's been at it for years, and he's such a fascinating guy to talk to. It just has a wealth of knowledge, you know, about about a vast array of topics. Mm-hmm. And um, he was amazing, and he brings his fans with him, so the chat is always yeah, super the chat's fun. super lively. And yeah. I'll say this too: like, if anyone watching this, either live or after the fact, if there's someone in particular that you'd like to see us interview, we will reach out to them, yeah, and yeah. ask them to be on the live stream. And if just you drop their name the in the stream. comments of the video. Mm-hmm. And we'll ask them. Yeah. I am not I have no shame. I <laughs> yeah, do not care. Either. I will yeah. make a fool of myself for you because we actually do this for you. Yeah, that's right. This <laughs> is because yeah. I like the chat. I think it's fun. Nick uh Nick has a really adorable jester outfit that he puts on. I should get one. <laughs> I love a good fool. I got a picture of one right up there. Yeah, that's right. I have yeah. a I have a plaque uh, jester picture mm-hmm. up there. It's my favorite picture. They keep it here in the tiki lounge. Uh, maybe I should do that. Halloween. Maybe it'll be a jester for Halloween. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Do some yeah. juggling. Tell some raunchy jokes. Mm-hmm. You know? I wonder what, yeah. You be the king. Be dress you up as a king. Get yeah. the furry frilled robe oh, yeah, and the, the crown and the be grumpy. And just yeah. be grumpy. Yeah. You got the beard. Look at regal beard. Get some donuts. And, and I'll like dance around donuts, you and so. try to make you laugh. I'll no. take my... Sing the funny song. <laughs> you know the one I like. I'll toss some midgets. <laughs> Get your kids out here. Yeah, great. It'd <laughs> be awesome. I'll put a little jester hat with bells on on Shelby, my dog. Oh, perfect. It'd be great. Yeah. I'll be a whole yeah. troop. Uh, I'll get uh, I'll get Lily, and she I'm can like actually... she can wear a little outfit, you know, and she can. I, I might actually get a jester costume for Halloween. Yeah, I think it's... I think it'd be super fun. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. <laughs> so tune in anyway, October 31st, yeah, yeah, well, everyone. Definitely. For the Halloween extravaganza. <laughs> for the Halloween embarrassment episode. Well, um, I'll I'll have a giant cod piece. Yes, of course. Giant glow uh-huh. in the dark cod yeah. piece. Uh-huh. Yeah. A mixture of uh You could land the Homelander F-14 from the boys and uh Sting's uh bird cod piece <laughs> from Dune. <laughs> Which I have been searching for. The Edgar Allan Poe Raven Beak yeah. cod piece. Yeah. You know, most most people don't know about 1980s Dune. And it's a real tragedy because Sting is in it. And there's a scene where he's wearing, like, this brass it's awesome. bird Dude, the, the two best mankini thing. I mean, and no one makes mankini. this. I will pay good money. <laughs> there are 3D printers. There's no reason why someone can't make this. Dude, I will pay good money. They'll run out of plastic for me. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. Uh, no, the two best things about Dune are Sting's codpiece and Battle Pug. Battle Pug. 
Patrick Stewart holding yeah. a little pug in his arms yeah. as with, he, a, as with he... a laser rifle in the other hand and the Atreides flag waving in the back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, you know, Battle Pug is great. The next best thing would be because, you know, Mimi, Sherry Hoop, yeah. uh, she has a corgi. <laughs> Battle Corgi. Battle Corgi. You know what? I would actually be a little afraid of Battle Corgi. I would too. I would They're be smart. more afraid They're of smarter Battle than Corgi. pugs, man. Yeah. I'd be more afraid of Battle Corgi than Battle Pug. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> yeah. 1980s Dune. If yes. you think like the new Dune is cool, the, the 80s Dune is honestly, it's it's just a two and a half hour You should not watch a remake until you have watched, watched the original. You can't appreciate it. There's yeah. a whole, I mean, that's half of the enjoyment of a remake. Of a remake, yeah. Well, and I think the original was honestly done better because they were able to tell the full story of Dune in two two to two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's it's, it's actually in a weird way, and it caught a lot of flack at the time. Like, a lot of fans of the book don't like the movie. Whatever. I've read yeah. the book. The movie's still good. Like, yeah. I think people, you know, need, need to, like, you know, excise. When you say Dune, mistake. most people think of the original movie. You would think. Well, I mean, most people our age do. Yeah. Like, I'm 39. Like, oh, yeah, I remember the movie. Know. They're like, yeah, but have you read the book? No, they probably saw the movie, never read the book. Right. But there are a lot of people who read the book. But, I mean, the movie, the original movie, not the remake, but the yeah. original movie, I think probably has the most recognition it, of Gen Xers. Of Gen Xers. Yeah. yeah. And I am, like, a proto-millennial. Like, I'm right on the line between millennial and Gen X. You're an honorary, at you know, minimum honorary Gen Xer. I you think you're Gen X. Yes. You don't want to be a millennial. No, no offense. No. No offense, millennials. No, millennials, no. We know. But, that's why we're having this conversation right now. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, that's a total. Do you know what the next generation after millennial, millennial is? It's Gen Z. Gen Z. Yeah. You know what's after that? You know what they call it? Gen Alpha. The Alpha Gen. Yeah. The Alpha, alpha Gen. gen. Yeah. Like Which is that. basically Eva May for sure. It's Alpha Generation, my yeah. daughter. Yeah. Christian is actually right on the very line. Oh, yeah. He could be Gen Z or Alpha. By God, he'll be Alpha. He'll be Alpha. Yeah. My boy's Alpha. <laughs> Yes, he is. Hundred percent to the alpha boys. To the alpha, <laughs> to the alpha generation. We're gonna raise them right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so we've talked about our guests. Yep, we've talked about what we did today, which was yep. awesome. Um, I want to give a quick shout out. We're gonna talk more about this on the thirty first, but I want to give a quick shout out to Joel Cherico of Cherico Pottery. Yes, um, we got these Kothon Spartan mugs from him, and these things are amazing uh handmade hand-painted spartan kothon mugs uh i initially found out about these through stephen pressfield's uh man at arms promo for this book uh, i think it was last year he was running a promo for these on instagram where you could win one of these mugs and i didn't win one i thought they were awesome and um so anyways i, I reached out to uh, joel uh who is the owner and operator of Cherico Pottery and um, uh, Owen Kothon. That's right. Owen? Uh, yeah, I think it's T-H- I'm gonna O-N. O-N. <clears throat> Um Cool name, by the way. I know. Kothon. Uh, and so anyways, uh, I reached out to Joel at Cherico Pottery and asked him if he had any of these, and he did. He had a couple. And uh, so we got some, and they are awesome. Uh, he is very, very talented. He's got a ton of really cool stuff. So check him out on Instagram. I think he probably has a website too, but uh, Jericho Pottery is, uh, yeah. Guys, is, if you want to write like Stephen Pressfield, you need one you need these. to drink like Stephen Pressfield. Yeah, that's right. I think yeah. it's a chapter in his new book. <laughs> Put your yeah. lips where your heart wants to be. <laughs> 
put your lips where your tummy wants to be. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, there is a very like timing way. You can build it. You yes. can put your bi- soda, soda in there. Six pack of beer. <laughs> soda for all you Gen Xers. You get it for all you millennials out there. You might not have seen. Tommy this is a wonderful gift. Jonathan actually gifted this mug to me. So yeah. thank you, by the way. It's oh, yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. I absolutely love it. Yeah. We're definitely going to have these on the table. Uh, when we interview Stephen Pressfield, yeah. we want to talk about that. We, he'll probably want to mention them as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But these are, these are fantastic pieces. Yeah, You'll cool. be seeing a lot of these on future pod uh, so. live streams. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, dude, we haven't done this in a while. I think, was Derek our last guest or was Roxana our last Roxana guest? Roxana was our last guest. Yeah. yeah. Roxana's making a map for me. She is dr- creating a map for Imperium Falling. Yeah. And dude, it's uh, it's crazy. I think we're going to have, we've had a couple Zoom meetings so far. I think we're going to have our final Zoom meeting on Wednesday. That's cool. Uh, so in three days. And, uh, yeah, Roxana underscore bo arts on instagram yep. uh, or just roxana if you just like google roxana bo arts or if you look her up on uh facebook you know you'll find her um she is from costa rica she's beautiful she's extremely talented living in mexico right now mexico living city. in mexico city yeah and uh fascinating we we interviewed her she is such a smart cookie and uh, if you're if you're a writer and you're looking for someone to illustrate or paint like she did three paintings yep uh, for heavenly realms from Arian falling yep and um very affordable and extremely talented like her insight into your stuff is she is she is the adam burl of the visual media yeah like adam burl is our narrator and what that's adam fair. you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah what that's fair. adam does with your characters and the insights that he gives into your characters and the way he breathe, literally breathes. Adam's voice, him. Roxana's eye. Oh my gosh. It's now I just a- need to find an editor. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, and you know what? I've used Adam. For and I know Adam books. can certainly do that. Yeah. Dude, Adam, Adam Burl is actually a pretty awesome editor. I'm not surprised. Uh, you not know, surprised. Be- well, because for an editor, um, you know, you can always go to uh, storygrid.com if you're looking for, uh, a good editor, whether it's a copy editor or a, a, a conceptual or content editor, you know, mm-hmm. developmental editor. Um, but man, an editor is like a spouse in your project. You know, it really, really matters. Um, having someone who is engaged in the material because both of the books that you're looking at right now uh, were professionally edited um, and you know, as much as we enjoyed and appreciated to have, the, you know, having the edits done, both of these sort of suffered from a, a mercenary approach to editing that, you know, you need someone who loves the material and who gets it and who's like plugged into your brain. Yeah. You know, if or at least plugged into your of, story that knows what you're envisioning. Right story yeah yeah and, for sure. um it's tough man and it's tough it's tough to, it's just like finding a spouse man it's like man it's tough finding the right editor yeah you know and um and this editor is very well accomplished you know but we both kind of had to branch out and find somebody who is going to be more engaged in the content oh i gotta give so, a shout out right here yeah yep i gotta give a shout out right here jay reese bradley Oh yeah, uh, we were she, just talking about you yeah. I was today. I, I yeah. was telling Jonathan about um, I mean just your your excitement and sharing 
uh, that you've read the timepiece yeah. and you were doing a review on your Instagram page. And uh, just want to say thank you for that. Nick was it, super excited. I super excited. Yeah. You've been you've been so generous, and you actually gave me absolutely. Cheers to Miss Bradley, and uh, she gave uh, the timepiece. Now this is published in 2018, so four almost four years ago. Yeah, the highest accolade this book has ever gotten. Really, she said, and I have it here in writing. Don't cry. I, I'm trying not to. <laughs> It's hard when you're drinking rye whiskey. <laughs> yeah. But she said it was the best self-published book she's ever read. Wow. She Man. said that. She said that. Well, it's too late. Can't take it back. Jay, <laughs> you haven't read my book yet. So, well, that's true. Uh, you haven't read Imperium Falling. No. Uh, or so her probably might actually really that. like it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Nick was telling me that, uh, that you left uh, like Thank a you so part. much. That's awesome. That's so great. Uh, Jay, um, uh, Nick was telling me that you left like a multi-part review of the timepiece on your Instagram. Yeah, across multiple stories. Yeah, man, that's amazing. Um, Jay, if you want, and you're a writer as well, if I remember she correctly. She is. She's an author. Yep. So if you want to drop your Instagram handle or any way that people can follow you or get in touch with you mm -hmm. in the live chat, yep. by all means, please do it. Um, it's the least, you know, it's the least we could do. For Absolutely. Your glowing praise of my brother. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, I was just so thrilled. Man, you need that. You yeah. need that every now and then. You just. Well, because, you know, after. after Writing four, is after, a solitary experience. It is. And, you know, there's a whole series and. You know, after you and, and this was and this is the first one I did, and it was great. It's really the foundation of the entire story. Yeah. And uh, you know, after four years, just you know, like trying to figure out what am I right next, and kind of picking at that, and prodding at that, you know, picking and poking, so to speak. You know, after a while, you're like, you kind of lose. You don't lose faith, but you when someone makes a positive compliment sales. about you know the first book that you did, yeah. You know, and affirms that and affirms that it was really great. It kind of, I don't know, kind of puts some wind back in. It absolutely I'm like, does. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. This was cool. Just because I did it four years ago doesn't mean it's not good. Dude, I mean, it's... I've gotten better, but it's like that. That's really that's helpful. It's motivational. It's being adrift on a cloudy, moonless ocean and then seeing the sunrise. And you're like, oh, there it is. Yes, now I have light that I can, <laughs> I can exactly. navigate my way back home. So I'm not, you know. And, and look at this compliment, and this is amazing. Thank you so much, Sid. I did. I'm I'm desperate for another great fantasy series, and Nick's books was such an amazing surprise. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. This is more adult. This is, yeah. I mean, military, angelic Fighting warfare. Age, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome! I'm glad you joined the. Joined yeah, the, and she you. gave the Goslings a shout out in one of the oh, one really? of the stories too. Oh, sweet! Yeah, yeah. so yeah. fantastic! Thank you for that. Awesome. So you need that every now and then. I had uh, I had a lady, probably my my favorite review. Um, I used to talk to her on Instagram a little bit. Um, I believe her name was Marty Haas, older lady uh, or middle aged from um, probably. I want to say she was like in Texas or something. Anyways, sweet lady. She left an amazing review for Empyrean Falling at set. And this is like the second highest praise anybody could ever give you. She said, um, this book got me in back into reading. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing that could be better than that is like, this book 
compelled me to, you know, accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Yeah, that's like the you only know? thing. Yeah, the that only could thing possibly be better. better. That. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. awesome, dude. So, I mean, you, you do. You need those every now and then. And that's why, that's why, like, I always make a point if I read something that I love, like, you gotta leave a review because yep. unless, and Jay, you understand this because you're a writer, but if you're not a writer, you have to, like, understand that writing is, for the most part, a very solitary, lonely. It, it may can, not be lonely, be. lonely. Can be. because you're existing with your own characters, you know, and, and you're in your own head. But it is a. It tends to be an isolating experience, yep. you yep. know, and and you almost, especially when you're doing a series, whether it's you know the Timepiece or, or the Travelers League series or the Heavenly Realm series, you know, that's years, years of living with your own characters and your own stories. And sometimes the feedback is so you're just wandering in the desert looking for an oasis, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's just there's if there's no feedback, you really start to like get parched. Yeah. You know, and there have been some characters that I've created. So that, reviews mean the world. To yeah. Us reviews mean the world. Absolutely. And there's yeah. been some characters that I've that I wouldn't even say I've created them. They just kind of appeared, so to yeah. speak, like they came as came to would me in say, a way. the muse gave them to you. Yeah, you but know? what's interesting is in a, in a couple cases, there were characters that just seemed like they came out of left field nowhere, and I'm like, started writing them into the story, and people didn't like them. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. You'd think that really the universe is giving you this character, and people don't like it. Yeah. So screw the universe. That's <laughs> what I say. Right. Yeah. That's funny. Be intentional about the characters you're creating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you know what? You're what you like as a writer is almost never what the audience likes. Isn't that the truth? It's so funny how it works. Yep. Like like everybody's favorite character in the Heavenly Realm series is usually not my favorite character. You know, or like you had the same thing with with your wife in like one of the chapters that you wrote. Yeah, it was like I it was kind of just a filler chapter just to make sure that what happened next in the story would be understandable. Mm-hmm. It just kind of had to be in there so that the plot was whole. A yeoman-like chapter. Yeah, and I just, you know, I wasn't into it. I just banged it out, just and it was her favorite field. chapter. <laughs> she loved it. It was great. Like, I'll never understand my audience. And then my, yeah, I know. I didn't like, and I, I write this scene. It's emotional. It's deep. It's like a critical scene, and you know, I put yeah. poor, and it's like people are like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, but okay, you never know. You never know, and well, and that's the thing. You can't. <sighs> You can't write, uh, I don't know, this is my black and my binary thinking, but like, I don't think you can write for your audience. It's it's a good idea to get audience Ooh, feedback. That's some dangerous talk right there. I, yeah. For, for I a really, lot of authors, they're like, oh, you got to write, write to market. You got to write to market. I mean, you can, but like, what are you producing when you do, I yeah. guess? Like, you know, it's passion or paycheck and, and there can be overlap. Those are not mutually exclusive by any means. The Venn diagram overlaps, yep. especially if you're lucky, you know, if you're blessed, you know, um, but if it doesn't, it's okay. You, because you can't constantly gauge you're you're chasing validation from a bunch of people who don't really care what you make as long as it's what they want and if you make this group happy you don't make this group happy. i wonder if c.s lewis was writing to market uh, yeah i mean you know there is a (laughs) right there is well he's an exception he's an icon he's a classic there's a reason 
his books have stood the test of time. Yeah. There's a reason that parents for generation after generation keep saying, Timeless. you should read this. Yeah. Yeah. We all had the Chronicles of Narnia yeah. as kids. Yeah. We all had the box set. Yeah. You know, and there is something you want to respect your audience and you want to care about what your audience likes. And it's good to get feedback. But at the end of the day, if you're if you're chasing, you know, a four quadrant, you know, what the, what they call the it in Hollywood, a four quadrant movie. Yeah. You know, you want to you want to get the old people. You want to get the, you know, the young people. You want to get the kids. You yeah. know, you want to, you know, and you're like, oh, and you're trying to game the algorithm like, you know, oh, we should put a dog in it. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, we should we should have the hero do this. You know, we need yeah. a love interest. And, yeah. you know, we need a we need to fill this demographic. Yeah. If you're doing those things, you're like you're just killing the soul of the work. You are. You're, if you're aligning your story and your creative work to an identity. Yeah. Among the population. Yeah. Uh, then you're doing yourself a disservice. There's yeah. plenty of that out there. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, there's already a ton of that stuff. Yeah, there, there is. Coin, and it becomes more about that than it does about the underlying current of values. Right. What's that, the message that you want yeah, to give? Yeah. You know? And I mean... The, 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 the story is about, you know, Luke Skywalker becoming a Jedi and Anakin having this amazing redemption moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about the fact that Luke was white or black. <laughs> or gay or straight, right? Yeah, nobody cares about that. They yeah. wrote it because it wasn't about any of those things, or yeah. guy or girl. It wasn't about any of those things. It was about the powerful themes, yeah, of redemption, of redemption, and fatherhood, and, and, and loyalty, and, yeah, and, and doing the right thing, yeah, throwing the lightsaber away, yeah, throwing the lightsaber away is the greatest moment in Return of the Jedi. You know. I agree. Oh my well, God. I don't know. It's hard because well, you have that scene where well, Vader, Vader is, throws the Emperor. He does, and then he has that touching moment with Luke. Yeah, that's you know, true. those are powerful, powerful themes. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and you want to, and here's the thing: you want to care about your audience, and you want to make sure that you're reaching your audience. Which is why I made the Eight Angels in the Heavenly Realm series human, which is disappointing to a lot of people. You know that they're not these fantastical beasts. You know this this. Uh, bestiary of you know magical chimera um i gotta show this comment oh yeah yeah you're gonna love this check this out jay said lewis definitely did not c.s lewis definitely did not write to market and if you are writing to market now you're writing woke bs thank you exactly thank you for saying the topical nature of of the current market is such a minefield and what's like even if it weren't woke BS, which it is, it absolutely yeah. is right now. Yeah. Just look at Disney, you know. But even if it weren't, it's it pinholes it into this into this little grain of sand on the beach yeah. that is eternity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's and it, it won't be relevant. It won't be relevant in five months, much less five years or five decades. Absolutely. Like and, you know? and Jay knows this too, because she is part of the same you know, some of the same currents and trends on Instagram that I am. If you search the hashtag middle grade fiction, yeah, and you're going to see four out of five posts are absolutely woke BS. And they're ramming it down the throats of, of children. eight to 12 year old children. See, that's like, dude, I, I can't, I can't talk about that really on this platform. <laughs> I know you get angry. But, me, but I appreciate that, that another fellow author, in me. you know, recognizes. Yeah. Thank well. you. It, it, you, know? you know, it's good to hear that Jay, because honestly you know nick and i are are so in lockstep on that that like sometimes you know it we feel like no one else you know in the writing world 
sees what we see. Yeah. So it's nice. It's easy to feel isolated. Well, and that's, you know, because authors are afraid to speak out because they know that the overall um, industry, if you want to call it that, is just so dominated by wokeism. You know who gets that especially well is Adam. Adam even has a harder That's line true. than we do. Yeah, like Adam's no, Adam's like anti Harry Potter, and I respect it. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, man? I like it. You know, I mean, and I love Harry Potter. Like, I love Harry Potter up yeah. until the most recent uh, Fantastic Beast movie, and I'm oh, like, right. why did you have to do that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, such a where, disappointment. Where Dumbledore was, was all about the Dumbledore. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> The double D. Oh my god! Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's so. <laughs> Jay, I, I uh, oh, want to thank oh you goodness. for recommending uh, those uh, My Heavenly Realm series to all of your uh, all of your adult friends who are into fantasy. And I also want to apologize for my previous comment. No. No, well, the thing about how, you know <laughs> when I went to see Harry Potter, you know, I, and and I've introduced my kids to all you know all the movies. Yeah, well, most of the movies. They're the first three or four of the Harry Potter series, and then all of the Fantastic Beasts movies. Yeah, because you know, I think movies four through what's it seven? Yeah, something like there's that. seven movies. They start to get a little dark. I want my kids to be a little older rough. before they get down, yeah. go down those trails. Uh, but uh, everything we've enjoyed about Harry Potter has been, you know, it's been wonderful, whimsical. It's been great. It's yeah. been an escape, and that's the thing. People yeah. want to go. When they jump yeah. into a book or they go to a movie, they want to be able to escape mm-hmm. the anxiety they feel when they watch the news. Yeah, when you go out into the world. The yeah. theater is a place to escape. Yeah, That's why I think, uh, and I haven't seen it yet. I, I really want to, but I think that's why a lot of people like the new Top Gun movie. Dude, it's escapism. Right. You know, they just want to have a good story, action, yeah. you know, good themes. They want to escape. Yeah. They don't want to go to Top Gun, Maverick. And see more woke themes, right? That they're seeing everywhere else. Yeah. They just don't. That's why it's a smash. Yeah. That's also why Lightyear mm-hmm. is a complete failure. It's a complete I have box office. This. I mean, it's a complete failure. It hurts my heart a little bit because we all love Toy Story so much. And we all but... love Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, we all love Buzz Lightyear. We love yeah. Tim Allen, you know. But of course, Tim Allen's verboten now. He's verboten, so you he know. couldn't do it. Right. And you know what? It's good that he didn't. He yeah, would not want is. to be tied to. What what light year yeah. uh, became really? Yeah, my opinion. Very true. You know. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Jay says let's see. Uh, let's we aren't see. alone in our thoughts, guys. You know that's that's really true. And the yep. decentralization that Appreciate has that. been uh, thrust upon us by the global homo community, you know, of the the globalized homogenization community, yep. you know, with the internet to get you to be friends with someone in New Zealand but not know your neighbor, really does have this insidious way of of isolating you, you know, and making you feel disconnected. It, and that sword can cut both ways, mm-hmm. good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they want you to feel isolated, especially if you're not on board with whatever agenda they're pushing. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Jay also says, uh, and that's the other thing, we need more stuff from Christian authors yeah. that isn't squeaky clean. Right. That's so true. You know, Derek and and, uh, and us were talking about that on um, – the interview you know we we were talking about the struggles yeah. that you have maybe even before the interview actually started we were sort of talking about the struggles that you have it was an underlying theme to the whole interview yeah as a christian author you know trying to tell these stories you know that you that you know need to be told and human the human condition is fraught with sin 
and you know life is messy and so it's like whether you're writing for you know middle grade fiction whether you're writing for kids like 8 to 14 or whether you're writing for fighting age males you know 18 to 50 or writing know? for young adult or writing for young adult with henry halfman henry halfman you know uh nick's urban uh supernatural um paranormal urban fantasy. paranormal yep. urban fantasy book yep. which is like honestly it's actually like it's so creepy of all of his books that he's done it's really cool it's, it was my favorite to write was it yeah i was it was so much fun like sitting standing out on the porch you know talking about the development of henry half moon over the years yeah. being at ground zero for that like yeah. that is really fun but like anytime you're writing about that stuff if you if you keep it squeaky clean it's so boring it's just there's nothing there's nothing that's like tangible and accessible there's no meat there's no yeah. like you know there's no raw medium rare steak to chew on there. and it's, it's because empty calorie it's like tofu. Yeah. It's like there's been this tofu. unspoken precedent yeah that christian fiction has to align theologically mm-hmm with established doctrines, with mainstream denominations, mm-hmm. it's got to fit within the confines of the of, of biblical doctrine. Mm-hmm. And while I agree that truth should always align with scripture, yeah, I don't agree that a fantasy fictional work right should reflect supernatural reality. Right, you that's can... not the idea behind fantasy. Well, no one faults C.S. Lewis or Tolkien. For, now, they're slightly different animals because Tolkien was very deliberate in not wanting his books to, you know, be equated with any sort of metaphor, topical or allegorical, whatever. But C.S. Lewis was not like that. C.S. Lewis, you know, did have a a Christian bent to his books. But, I mean, he's got all sorts of fantastical creatures in it, you know? Yep. He has Santa Claus, yeah. you know? Father I mean, Christmas yeah. shows up. And so, like, all of this stuff is so... That pan. Right. And people draw biblical, spiritual, Christian values from those books the same way they do from Lord of the Rings with their values. You yeah. know, with the value and morality structure and the ethics of Lord of the Rings without it being cookie-cutter, Sunday school, Southern Baptist Convention approved, although even that, after the yeah. Rick Warren debacle, <laughs> is not... Yeah, so, well, you know, Den- you know uh, Derek said, said, Derek Gilbert said the same thing. It's like he saw this... You know, this this pattern of Christian fiction being basically every book's about, you know, some Amish woman, you right. know, or a pioneer woman. Well, it's, you know. you know, the publishing world for the longest time and probably still was notoriously uh, conservative in its risk taking or its lack thereof. And so then you so the publishing world already, because most books are printed at a loss. So. They're already not wanting to take a risk. Right, right. Then you get into the Christian publishing world, which is even exponentially more adverse to um, or adverse to taking any sort of risk. Right. So, you know, they they only want they'll throw the baby to... out with the bathwater. You don't capitalize G when you type the word God. Right. Yeah. And it's a wash. The reader's like, no, I can't do this. No. Yeah. And who's no. buying those books? And who's reading those books? And maybe that industry is failing. And has been failing for the past 25 years because of that position. Yeah, maybe. Like maybe, maybe the it's Christian good point. publishing good industry point. needs books like The Traveling Book, needs yeah. books like Henry Halfman, which are very risk taking. Well, and they need know? books like to 
quite honestly, they need books like yours because men need, men need to be reading things that stimulate them. Yeah. That they understand. They understand warfare. They understand camaraderie and brotherhood. Yeah. They understand the complexity of the enemy. Uh, and they understand that good guys aren't 100% good. They're conflicted. Yeah. And bad guys aren't necessarily 100% evil. They're conflicted too. Right. That's what makes a character interesting. Yeah. The only thing, right. What makes Vader interesting is the fact that he wants Luke to join him. Yeah. You know, and that he does have that, that remorse, yep. you know. And what makes Luke interesting is that, like, he's tempted. He's tempted and yeah. he doesn't do the right thing all the time, yep. you know. And I still like stories where good guys are good and bad guys are bad, but it doesn't have to be 100% black and white. Like Michael, and I, w- I wish I had talked about the masculinity angle with Heavenly Realms with Derek. I forgot to mention that. But it's true. These books were written for fighting age males, and there's nothing really, well, maybe it's different now, but for the longest time, there was nothing out there in Christian fiction that really spoke to men the closest thing i had was my favorite novel gates of fire mm-hmm. which was not Stephen a christian Pressfield. book yep. yes yeah, Stephen pressfield's book about thermopylae yep. um so these books scratched an itch for me and now man at arms yeah oh my gosh man at arms you want to talk about a book that like comes close Dude, to that this thing it's about a greek mercenary who yeah. fought for rome sent on a special mission yeah to stop a letter yeah that this new sect had a new sect that had arisen in Palestine and they were growing yeah. and they were sending a letter to to their fellow sect Christians in Corinth mm-hmm. written by some guy who calls himself Paul yeah this the character of this story is the mercenary that Rome hires to stop that letter to stop the letter because in the in the words it's so of amazing the garrison commander um, in Jerusalem this letter threatens to unravel the empire yeah <laughs> and the thing about it is it Stephen does. Pressfield's not even a Christian yeah like he's a Jew and yeah. he's awesome and he just he gets it you know Diana's a Christian his girlfriend's a Christian Jay says wow but that sounds amazing it is amazing it's so good and it, it, it you could totally see who Jim Caviezel is that right you can see Jim Caviezel doing it yeah who did was that who he thought or was that we interviewed Steve about this it was our yeah. first interview with him yeah we asked him I think maybe he deferred on that one but I think we maybe thought that we could see Jim Caviezel in that role because he's about that age yeah and he kind of has that physique of being yeah. like a mercenary a sort of lone know. wolf you know Jim Caviezel is so good I don't know if he's great enough to play the main character Telemann you think so I think he could be yeah. there's a movie that Jim yeah. Caviezel did not too long ago that I want to see that's about the dumps Oof. and yeah and the yeah. trafficking yeah. And everything yeah and uh, that'd be a great he's got it in i think he's got it in. you think so yeah i think so i mean you know there are a lot of actors who have you know done a done a turn like that where you didn't think they could but they pull it out and they're like, wow that's, that's pretty powerful but yeah i mean you know christian publishing is just it's pathetic in a lot of ways honestly and um it's also kind of a moot point because we publish through Amazon, Amazon KDP. You know, I would love to be part of a publishing house just, you know, to have somebody do my marketing for me. So I didn't, you know, but, um, but you can, you can get these stories out here. You know, like Nick, you wrote eight, nine books mm-hmm. for the Travelers League. Um, Heavenly Realms is a seven novel series, six of which have been published so far. And, um, 
you know, the the values are there. The Christian values are there. The logos-driven themes are there. You know, it may not look like Pilgrim's Progress. You know, it, it may look more like Narnia. It may be dressed up in a certain way, but... Mm-hmm. But it's still there. And yeah. one question, you know, that I would like to ask Derek, you know, in another interview is, um, you know, which which do you think is more powerful for certain age groups, you know, metaphor or literal, mm-hmm. you know, to tell to tell a story like Heavenly Realms, which is more literal in its Christian presentation, you know, even though it is about civil war and, and fighting and bloodshed and, you know, these horrifying epic battles and angels and all this stuff or something that is more you know metaphor or more thematically ethically driven well i think metaphors christian ethics it is it is about christian ethics and i think that well when you look at the classics and i'm just going to go with the two main examples you have lord of the rings and you have especially chronicles of narnia yeah those are metaphor yeah and, and that's why they appeal to both kids and adults yeah. I don't think you should go literal with kids. I don't think you should yeah. take a story out of the Bible and tell it straight. Right. If you're going to write fiction, Christian fiction for yeah, kids. Dress it up a little bit. It needs to be, yeah, it needs to be dressed up. Yeah. You need to break some rules. And you're saying that as a father. I am, absolutely. And a homeschool dad. I yeah. am, absolutely. Nick has an awesome series on Instagram, by the way. It, it shows up on YouTube as well, but uh, he has an awesome homeschool dad series on instagram where you do a live video is it every thursday yeah every thursday night usually around eight, eight? central yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of fun he talks about like whatever's relevant you know try to uh, to homeschoolers yeah. or at least to me whatever's relevant to me that's what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah uh-huh. <laughs> jay says you need parts that kill yeah you. that's awesome yeah <laughs> for sure and that's something she mentioned that's so funny that you mentioned that that's jay awesome. because yeah in in your uh in your recap of the timepiece you said when you're favorite uh laugh out loud moments is when the main character kills someone with a fart <laughs> and you know what i gotta give I, I gotta give credit to my son because there was a lot of fart humor mm-hmm. that i mean it was like all throughout the book yeah and then my wife was one of our proofread or you know test readers she's like there's too much there's too much, <laughs> much fart petulance. too much farting in this book <laughs> and so we had to take out a lot of the farts but i had to leave that one in it was critical of the story uh but i gotta give kudos to my son christian for that you know awesome. hey eight-year-old boys love farts man yeah, love look, farts. 39 year old can, boys love farts dude i, really I can love. have at least one fart moment you can have one fart in a middle grade fiction absolutely like 13 movie is allowed one f word you're allowed one fart. you're allowed you're one allowed your f word too just like just you're allowed one fart in your third thanksgiving dinner with your fiance <laughs> one part that's all you should know the mo- <laughs> i don't know if that's a rule <coughs> did you uh did, did you fart for thanksgiving with the you know what <clears throat> rihanna's in my relationship mm-hmm. is so great Mm-hmm. That even when we were courting mm-hmm. before we were engaged, we were farting in front of each other. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, that's and that's how you, that's how you, you know you got the one. one. Yeah, yep. absolutely. That's how you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I say you know she probably be mortified that I said that. And now this is immortalized on, on the, the internet. internet. I did all the farting. Ever. Let's just say I did all the farting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. For real, and she was cool with it. <laughs> that's how you, that's love. Yeah, for you sure. Know? For sure. Yeah. Love. Love is just. Breaking wind in front of it's important to fart early, yeah, for it real. Really, yeah, it I really is, right. yeah, you know, yep, yeah, yep. 
you, I mean, you don't want to just like let it all out on the right. very first, you know, no. date, so to speak. No. You don't want to. You don't want to do that at the corn dog stand at the carnival. Yeah, you know, at the county fair. Yeah. You know. But get to the point where you're making each other laugh a whole lot and then fart. Yeah, and then just add to oh, the laugh. Yeah, couch it in the in the joke. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. See, this is why yeah. he's married. No, no. <laughs> Come on, I got this wrong. I got this wrong. I'm so <laughs> I'm so not sorry, <laughs> Kathleen. <laughs> Oh man, well, uh, let's go get some Thai food. Yeah, speaking of which, yeah, let's go get some tar- yeah, Thai food, and we'll test our our bro love. Speaking of farting, <laughs> yeah, <I> farted. <laughs> speaking of lighting up, my goodness, my goodness. So uh, let's see. To recap, um, Nick, yep. on Instagram, yep. Where can we find people? Uh, Goslings. Uh, well, I, uh, you can find both of us on Instagram. I'm at Nick Goss Writes, and Jonathan's at Hev- Heavenly Realms Novels. Yep. Uh, this live stream is also on Rumble. Yeah. Uh, so we have YouTube and Rumble. And, uh, is it on Spotify also? Uh, yeah, and we have a podcast on Spotify. I upload an episode every time we do this to Spotify. Yeah. And just search the Goslings. You can't miss it. Goslings with two S's. With two S's. D-O-S-S-L-I-N-G. Not like that Ryan dude. You know. Totally sucks. Boy. We had the name first. Yeah, yeah. He's lame. Yeah. It's like office space. Screw him. We had it first. It's amazing. If I just had his face... Oh, I'd yeah. be sad, man. Mm-hmm. Just that stare, that that cold, dead-eyed, emotionless stare. You know that all the chicks love to imprint their emotions on. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna give Mimi a hard time, Sherry Hooper, because I know she likes. I think hey, Ryan I like him. Hey, he's he's a beautiful man. I hate him because I'm jealous. Well, fair, yeah. And yeah, because I'm, I had the name Goss first. He's the one that sucks. Yeah, he's the one. That sucks. <laughs> Once again, millennials. <laughs> that's an office dude. I mentioned Office Space. A couple weeks ago, yeah. and no one knew what I was talking about. Uh, yeah, dude, that's how you know you're getting old. You yeah. mentioned like Tommy Boy in Office Space. Yeah, you know, and people are just Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> just put Can me you believe? Hole. I mean, our kids are are they're going to grow up in a world that doesn't know who Austin Powers, Ron Burgundy, oh or Ron Swanson Ron are? Swanson. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah, the saint of libertarianism. All they're going to know about manhood is what they mean. It's a heavy, uh, please come soon, heavy Lord is Jesus. The head that wears the crown, <laughs> it's quite the mantle, you know. It's quite the mantle you've been tasked with wearing. Speaking of wearing, we have t shirts, yes, Goslings Teespring. Yep, absolutely. Uh, definitely want to go check that out. I don't think we've ever sold this. We have the t-shirt. aliens are just demons, you can shoot shirts. We have uh, behind Jonathan there on the chair. I don't know, move the back of your chair just a little bit, you can see. Yeah. We got t-shirts, interviews that strike down the yeah, darkness. Yeah, there we go. Strike down the darkness. Yeah. And they're all uh, they're all a tri blend. So I love the super of soft, shirts. stretchy. I, wear, I literally, I'm not kidding. I wear these every day as an undershirt. I wear a collared shirt yep. with a polo, you know. And I wear these all the time for everything. I love them. They're and I will tell you, if you order whatever your size is, order one size larger so it fits loose. You will stay cool and comfortable. Yeah. You will never take it off. Yeah. It is so soft. Yeah. I love the material because it's kind of thin, but it's not threadbare. And it's a little it's a little stretchy. The tribal shirts are always the way to go. Yeah, if you're great. looking to make yeah. any t-shirts for your own stuff, definitely, um, you know, using tri-blend and um, uh, you almost executed me there. I teespring. Know. I know. Yeah. Off with his head. Jeez, you know. There we go. Who, who do you think you are? Homage to Braveheart. Every Gen Xer worships Braveheart. 
Yeah. As you should. Yeah. He's a legend. Dude, I am I am so amazed that this thing did not like. I have not <laughs> broken this thing yet in the in 25 years that I've had it. Amazing. Yeah. Um, looks great. Let's see. Your books. Yep. You can find both of our books on Amazon. Yep. Um, and then uh, Amazon KDP. We have them. Uh, the Travelers League is available in paperback and ebook. And ebook. Yep. And audiobook. Uh, ebook, paperback, and audiobook. Yep. That's right. Yep. And then um, same for the Heavenly Realm series. You can get that on Amazon in ebook or paperback or audiobook. Uh, Adam Burl is our narrator. And uh, he does a fantastic job. He sounds like Alan Rickman. Yep. He is from the UK. He sounds like Alec Rickman. His He'll voice cut will... your heart out with a spoon. His voice is so good. As you smile and melt like butter. <laughs> Potter. Yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Adam Burl is great. Um, let's see. Uh, anything else you want to promote real quick? We kind of just did this like off the cuff. We didn't um, really have a plan. I mean, I mean if, we're, if we're promoting, obviously, uh, I'm going to. Hacker Jack, if you yeah. have middle grade, 8 through 12, boy, sci-fi book. Hacker Jack is really funny and really yeah. fun. Uh, the president gets uh, trapped inside a video game. He's a parody of Donald Trump. Yeah, nice. His name is Douglas J. Champ. <laughs> I know. And he gets trapped inside a video game, and Henry Henry uh, and Laura have to – or excuse me, Charlie and Laura have to go in and rescue him. Yeah. So they get sucked into the video game. They have to rescue and extract the president. It's so great. Lots of coding, you know. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. It's basically Fortnite meets Minecraft. Yes. Uh, and you and you spy can actually, kids. It's yeah, like a it's like Spike kids. kids. You get sucked into video game, it. trapped in the video game type yeah. of book. It's so really great. Uh, of course, this book is near and dear to my heart, The Myrmicorn, because my she was seven at the time. Yeah. Eva May, <laughs> my daughter, created the story. She drew it in comic book form as a seven as well as a seven year old can. She drew pictures and speech Cutest, bubbles man. and told a story and it was almost flawless. When you talk about a uh, story structure. Really? And a plot that follows a, a, the, the three part story structure. Yeah. Because she had read stories. She had seen movies. She writes out this whole thing and it was so good. I told her we're going to write it. We're going to publish it. I'm going to make a couple adjustments here and there. Yeah. And I'll be darned if it's not a fantastic book. Wow. It's a fantastic story. That's so adorable. Yeah. It's the cutest She's thing my creative, man. She's awesome. Yeah. And I even put her name on it. <laughs> awesome. Because it's self-published. Why not? Check the chat real quick. What do we got? We got something uh, on the chat here? Let's just make sure that we're not missing anything. Uh, I'll be sure to get a... F- oh, a 4- <laughs> 4X. Uh, sure. So I'm sorry. So it tells me uh, J. Reese Bradley does not need a 4X. <laughs> you will not need a 4X shirt. But I'm sure you will not need a 4X. It will come in handy in the apocalypse because you could probably, you know, use it, you know, to build like a lean-to, you know, <laughs> as, you're, as you're loading mags, you know, <laughs> waiting, you know, waiting for the demon UFO right. to come around the corner. Yeah, you know? if you don't have a firearm to shoot UFOs, mm-hmm. please buy that before you buy one of our shirts. <laughs> Yeah, then buy one of our yeah. shirts and then shoot the aliens when they are. That's right. That's right. We're we're with you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we got. We are so glad that you guys spent time with us tonight. Yeah. Uh, Jay Reese, thank you again. Yeah, this it's was been awesome. Really Jay, great. You You've been come such back. a blessing. We'll stay in touch yeah. via Instagram. And uh, let's see. Uh, next week we're off. Yes. Uh, it's my son's birthday. He's a teenager now, so oh, we're gonna boy. make a big deal about it. That'll be Once great. You start down the dark path. <laughs> 
And then I think we're off the following week. But the week after that is the – well, actually, the following week is the 24th. Yeah, that's when we will be on uh, Derek Gilbert's show of View from the Bunker. So yep. there may or may not be – We'll share it. I can, there's a way to yeah. share it on the YouTube channel. We'll make sure it gets shared. Yeah. It's a great interview. Uh, and then on the 31st, July 31st, we're going to go live again right here on the Goslings in the Tiki Niki Lounge, Lounge interviewing yeah. the great – Stephen Pressfield, the author man. of The Legend of Bagger Vance, The War of Art, A Man at Arms, uh, The Lion's Gate, The Lion's Gate, the Gates of Fire, yeah, Gates of Fire, Virtues of War. I mean, the list. Is, yeah, it goes on and on. We're going to be talking about his new upcoming book, "Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be." Yeah, which is awesome. He it's going to be fantastic. A preliminary copy of it, and we read it, and it is. It's a game changer. It just is like all the other stuff. Yep. So he's and he's so fun and he's so gracious with his time. Just like Derek, just like Gary Wayne, just like everybody we've ever interviewed. Yep. You know, he's uh, just a scholar and a joke. Yeah, so, absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. tune in. Uh, check out Derek Gilbert, uh, View from the Bunker on YouTube on uh, July 24th. That's yep. when our episode, our interview with him will air. He's got to edit it, so it'll take him a little while. And then on the 31st, the next week, We'll be here. We'll be here. With Stephen Pressfield. July 31st. Don't miss so, it. Yeah. All right. All right, everybody. Jay, thank you. Awesome to talk to you. Please come back. And, uh, yeah, everybody else, man, thank you for watching. And enjoy the rest of your week. See All ya. right. See you guys. Go forth and strike down the darkness. Strike down the darkness. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. We would love it if you tell your friends about the show, maybe leave us a good review. And also consider becoming an honorary Gosling. An official exclusive membership to the Gosling gets you exclusive access to interviews and conversations that we can't have on YouTube. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and excerpts and writing. Uh, also, and check this out, you get to participate in a live monthly Discord chat with us. Uh, we do this once a month now. Um, all this plus more if you join our community on Patreon for just $5 a month. I mean, that's nothing. $5 a month, it's a cup of coffee. So go to patreon.com forward slash the goslings and sign up today. Thanks for listening. Now go forth and strike down the darkness. <laughs>